You are listening to the Senior Pastor Podcast, where four giants of the Restoration Movement walk us through the issues facing the church today. Your four hosts are Bob Russell, Don Wilson, Ken Eidelman, and Scott Rawlings. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Brooke Bratzman, CEO and founder of Go Ministries. Go Ministries empowers local leaders to make disciples. After 30 years of leading this ministry, the next generation is taking it to a whole nother level. And I have had the privilege of starting a new area called Go Legacy, where we focus on pastoral care, resourcing new initiatives, and teaching and modeling kingdom generosity. If you'd like to learn more, please go to gomen.org. We all leave a legacy. What will your legacy look like? Well, as many of you know, uh, the average church in the United States uh, averages about 60 attendees a week. And the evangelical church in America, according to most studies, is shrinking. However, the Stone Campbell movement, the restoration movement, is growing. And so today I thought we'd talk to these four senior pastors about when your church is growing, what do you do? How to build teams who to hire, when to hire, and unfortunately, who to fire and when to fire, because that's part of team building as well. Um, You know, Bob, I know when you started Southeast, you know, it was was a small church. It grew to over 20,000. Do you remember your first hire, who who you brought on first onto the team? I remember it very well. Uh, we grew to the place where we said, we need a youth minister. And we were 250, 300 people. And this was in the era where multiple staffs were very rare. So it was just trial and error. And I said to our elders, I know just the guy. Uh, I went to school with this guy. He was a friend of mine. He's a year older than I am. And he's got a youth ministry in... Uh, Georgia, and he's struggling a little bit for some reason. I think he's movable. <laughs> Those should have been three strikes against you. Friend, <laughs> older, ministry not going well. But he interviewed well, and he came, and we had a good time together. But he wasn't there very long before I discovered that his philosophy of youth ministry was different than mine. And rather than confront him, I kept tiptoeing around the edges. And as a result, we had eventually a uh, a, a real fallout. So our first hire was a disaster. And I began to learn yeah. through trial and error about a little bit about hi- hiring and who to hire and uh, communication and guidelines and some of those essentials. Don, what about you? Do you remember your first hire when, when CCV was growing? Yeah, uh, basically, uh, uh, I think what uh, I found out was I want to hire somebody that can take things off of my plate uh, when as we grow. So I was more of the vision caster. And so I said, I think I need to get somebody that's more of an implementer or somebody that's more of an organizer. So that's, that's what I did. I tried to go out and find somebody that could uh, take my vision and put more of a skeleton around it so that we could uh, implement the ministry and the vision. Mm. And Ken, you're kind of in a unique position because you've, you know, you've been the senior pastor of a large church. You've also been the president of a Christian college. So you've had to hire and fire, you know, not only ministers, 
but faculty, administrators, and, and, and so forth. Do you remember your first hire? Well, I remember uh, the first hire was when I was a senior pastor of Mount Pulaski Christian Church in Mount Pulaski, Illinois. It was a rural Illinois church outside of Lincoln, about 11 miles to drive into Lincoln. I was a full-time student and a full-time uh, pastor of a church of about 250 at that time. And I was the only staff member. I remember uh, uh, preaching two services on Sunday morning and teaching Bible school in between and teaching Wednesday night. So uh, I, I was the only one until we, we hired a, a, a part-time youth minister and um, he did not have much of a work ethic. And uh, <laughs> I found that I worked harder. Uh, I had more to do uh, with him as a part-time student pastor. So, uh, uh, so I think it was about a nine month uh, sojourn. And uh, I met him years later uh, and we laughed about our, our uh, inexperience and our immaturity as, as uh, a 21 year old and a 20 year old working together in a, in a rural Illinois church. And Dad, you've been, you know, Dad, you've been in ministry since what, 1959? It's before I can remember. I don't, I'm not certain. Okay, but, um, uh, and I know that you, I know that you were preaching before you became full-time. I think your first full-time job was a youth minister. Is that correct? In Indiana? Yeah, I was a youth minister even while I was in, in Bible college at, uh, under Tom Thurman there in, uh, in Grayson. And then I left there and went to went to graduate school, and then had a little church in Western Kentucky in Nebo. Moses and I had that <laughs> thing together. And anyway, we and then I went to uh, again under Tom at uh, Second Church of Christ in Danville, Illinois, and, I, and then I was in First Christian Church in uh, Columbus, Indiana, for a few years under Brother D. K. Smith, and um, so. The, and I considered myself to be the best youth minister that ever took a breath, and so I wanted to hire somebody that was as good as I was. And uh, and you're still looking. That, that, and that didn't turn out too well. Yeah, that didn't turn out too well. Well, yeah. we yeah to give kind of the backstory at Christ Community Church. Christ Community Church, dad found mom and dad founded in 1970, and. Um, we had our first church split in 2016, led by the former youth minister. Um, <clears throat> but that uh, we won't get into all of that. But I know that, uh, Dad, you have told me this um, in hiring and, and, and building teams, because if people who don't know, my dad spent roughly 20 years in the private sector in the steel industry, um, my dad would work in the, he would study all day Saturday, preach Sunday morning, teach a Bible class on Sunday night, then drive to Columbus, get on an airplane, fly to Istanbul, Turkey, or India, or Germany, or South Korea, or Mexico, and work on, get home Friday night, and wash, rinse, repeat for year after year after year. But you learned a lot, Dad, did you not, about building teams in the corporate world? Yeah, it's a whole, def whole different situation. I'm not certain 
that what the church has done. I've got all kinds of, uh, looking back through the years, I have all kinds of second guesses in my mind of how, uh, of the areas where I really messed up with the best of intentions, but I had a tendency to hire because of need and the first the one that came along said they were interested because I've always tried to look for the fine good things in other people. And, uh, and you have a tendency to miss uh, what Bob was saying there. The, the facts are in front of you and sometimes you just don't look at them. And I've, I've been guilty of all those things more times than one, really. Yeah, and, and, and Bob, you know, going back to, okay, that was your first hire, but I've been to Southeast many times, so I know you have made many successful hires. What do you think went into that? What, when Looking back, what, what have you learned about finding the right, to, to steal a phrase from leadership, putting the right person on, on the bus? Well, I, uh, I think 90% of being a good leader is hiring the right people. And that's not easy to do. I considered myself a high trust person and I wanted to hire the right people and give them uh, a few parameters and encourage them. And then, then they'll go and they'll carry the ball, but you make a wrong hire and it's going to be a headache for you uh, many times over. I, I had to acknowledge that I was not a good judge of character in an interview and th there were others on uh, our elder board who were better at interview evaluations than I was. I evaluated two things. One was the past record of the person I was hiring. People will do in the future just about the same as they've done in the past. Uh, the, the second thing that I, that I looked for was what do the people who know this person best say about him or her? Uh, they'll give you in their resume some people to recommend them. And, you know, those people are going to give a positive recommendations. But I would find somebody right. in that community that I totally trusted. And I would say, would you find out what you can uh, find out about this person? And then get back to me and tell me their strengths and their weaknesses. And then I would get, uh, I think, a more honest evaluation of what that person could do well and where they were weak. And I, I was in a better position to make a judgment. Just a hitchhike on that. Uh, it's, it's really true that the, that axiom that uh, the best indicator of future performance is past performance. It's not the only indicator, but it's the best one. And uh, when you're looking for staff, you want someone who understands that they are first and foremost a spiritual leader. And so assessing their, their uh, spiritual life as best you can and their spiritual gifts uh, will tell you a lot about their character and, and character trumps competence in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yet it takes, it's not either or it's both and. And uh, so character and competence and, and uh, making sure you're hiring a spiritual leader, you're adding someone to the team, and then, and then extend that kind of trust Bob was talking about. Uh, have an atmosphere, cultivate an atmosphere of trust, and grace, and freedom. Uh, trust them to do the the job. Uh, give them grace when they make a mistake, and uh, and give them the freedom to develop their ministry in a in a unique way. I think uh, those are the kinds of things that 
that I would think about in adding a, a teammate. And, and thank you for that, uh, Ken. Don, what, um, what did you learn uh, through your years of what to look for in a hire? Well, I, uh, I, ma- I made some mistakes. I, I, I coached college basketball and I played college basketball. And so I found as a coach, if uh, let's say from zero to five, if he's a three, I felt if I coached him, I could at least get him to a four after a year or two and working on his deficiencies. And so I kind of took that same attitude into hiring that I, instead of getting a five, I would say, you know what? I think this kid, he's a three, but I think if I work with him enough, I can make him a four or five. And I found out that didn't, that didn't work. Like, like a Ken kind of said, you know, mm. past, uh, results is is an indication of future results so what i started doing was i realized my wife had better discernment than i did on hiring because she knew what i was like to work with because she lived with me and so what we started doing was we would interview couples together and uh uh, I would try to ask questions to get them to argue in an interview, the husband and wife, because I wanted to see which one was was the strongest personality. And then on the way home, I'd simply ask my wife, uh, do you think that person can fit and work on my team or not? And I found out that her discernment uh, over time was better than mine. Uh, the, the one question that was huge for me, because I was a youth pastor when I started out and hiring younger staff, I, the, the key question for me in hiring somebody, I would simply say, tell me about your relationship with your father. And I would just be quiet and listen to what they said. And, Interesting. I, and I found out that most people that have a good relationship with their father, girls or guys, especially guys, they can handle direction uh, pretty well. But if they had a bad relationship with their father, uh, they could be 30 years old and I felt like I was talking to a junior high kid. It was always, why, why, why? And uh, so that that was a key question for me. Just tell me about your relationship with your father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a minute to hear a word from our sponsors. Uh, thanks to Go Ministries. Make sure you check them out to help form your legacy. Hi, I'm Brooke Brutzman, CEO and founder of Go Ministries. Go Ministries empowers local leaders to make disciples. After 30 years of leading this ministry, I have turned it over to the next generation and couldn't be more pleased with how they're leading and all they're doing. That allows me to focus on a new area called Go Legacy. We focus on pastoral care, resourcing new initiatives, and kingdom generosity. And folks, let's face it, if you're connected at all with the church, whether a regular attender, an elder, and certainly if you're on staff, you see the pressures that our leaders are under. It is an incredible burden that they bear and often bear alone. Go Ministries have been privileged to walk alongside hundreds of local leaders right here serving in our own churches. And we want to do more through counseling, encouragement, and equipping those pastors. But that doesn't happen without new initiatives and new resources. And that brings us to kingdom generosity. Folks, God owns it all. And we need to live into that each and every day. Please go to gomen.org and ask yourself, what will your legacy look like? I think the question, though, that I probably didn't ask years ago, but I would ask more recently, is tell me about your call to ministry. Because I find that uh, 
I just assumed years ago that if somebody went to Bible college and so on, that God called them in the ministry. But my uh, feeling lately is a lot of young people are in ministry, not because they're called, but they see it as more of a career. Mm-hmm. And if you see your if you see your ministry as more of a career or a job rather than a calling, um, they're 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 going to have a hard time of doing the extra because it's especially if it's on their day off. And that was just when I grew up in those small churches, somebody had a funeral or whatever or a major emergency. There was no such thing as a day off. But today, a lot of people will say, I'm sorry, I can't do that because it's my day off. And so uh, I think understanding are you called to ministry um, is, is an important thing that I, I assumed earlier on. Bob, what about you? What do you think? Well, I, I would say something else. Ken mentioned earlier the importance of character over competence, and I agree with that 100%. Every time somebody was super uh, talented and we blinked a little bit on character, it came back to burn us. But there's a, a, a virtue that I think is really important in evaluating a future employee, and that is humility. Uh, I'm not talking about insecurity, mm-hmm. but is this a humble person? Uh, they, 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 Sir Lawrence Olivier was asked what it made to, to be a good actor. He said, uh, confidence enough to pull it off and humility enough to prepare. And there needs to be a balance, <laughs> but an arrogant person is, is going to turn people off in the course of time. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, and people do too. And I think there needs to be humility on the part of the person you're hiring so that he has a submissive spirit. That's what Don's talking about when he says, uh, how did you respond to your father? Do you have a humble spirit that you can take directions? I think humility also needs to be a, uh, a part of the person doing the hiring because we, we need to say, you know, I'm not always the best at evaluating somebody. I'm going to listen to the advice of others like Don was talking about, listening to the advice of uh, his wife. Yeah. You know, Matt, one of the things that, that I learned 900 years ago, I was on the board of Toronto Christian Mission, and uh, Gene Doolin had a, had a rule there. Everybody that they hired and brought on board, they gave, hired an outfit out of Chicago, give a psychological test to them. I'd never been, you know, that was all new to me, and I watched, and we hired this one guy. The board, with his recommendation, hired this guy, really a nice person personable da 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 and he absolutely failed the psychological test but we hired him anyway and within three years the ministry was in crisis i i think you know sometimes we think that in this world we live in that if we're spiritual we got all the answers Sometimes we need to look out beyond ourselves and, and, and actually use some of those tools in hiring. I think it would save some heartache. It would at least give us some red flags that might, we might not catch because of our personality and, and, and that tendency that ministers have to look for the best in people. We just do that. And that's, that's one of the ways that you help build a great church. People need encouraging and you want to be an encourager. You know, Matt, yeah. you, you said that we're talking to a, a lot of people that have smaller churches, which many of them, they are the only uh, uh, employee, or it might be one or two. I think another mistake I made, even when our church was larger, a good volunteer doesn't necessarily make a good staff person. Mm. 
and I I made some mistakes there because that volunteer was faithful. Uh, they were dependable. They got it done. But when I hired them, they could not multiply themselves to other people. They couldn't recruit and train others because they were really good at doing it themselves. And so that was a mistake I made was that uh, assuming that just because they were a faithful, great volunteer, they would make a good staff person. You know, you guys are younger than I am, and, and, and we've all kind of been beating ourselves up just a little bit on on what goes on here. But, you know, you, you need we need to be reminded that in Scripture, the Apostle Paul had some of the same problems. Demas went back into the world. Uh, there, there were, um, we're going to make mistakes yes, when we do the best the we can. And, and uh, so I think we need to figure out and maybe even make suggestions to these younger guys that are listening. Uh, help them put together some kind of a system that they can use based on our experience from the past that because they're going to be doing the same thing I, I'm I, I, I through the years have practiced um, uh, my in my life the same way that I did my golf I had a tendency to practice my mistakes and um, and and we need to get some of that behind us and say okay here's what we need to put on the table for other people as a result of our failures and so on and so forth we need to put something positive out here for folks to hang their hat on i i agree but i i do want to uh, piggyback um on what's been said as far as humility because i dad i've heard you say this for years you would have people come in who had been converted on Saturday night. I've heard you tell this story many times, converted on Saturday night, come in Sunday morning, say, God's called me to preach. And your response was, great, go clean the toilets. <laughs> and if they weren't willing to clean the toilets, they weren't ready to, for ministry, which goes back to the humility thing that, you know, what, you know, what are you willing to do? And do you just want the spotlight or, you know, do you want to do ministry? <clears throat> so, Ken, speaking of humility, you have the, you're the one here who's dealt with academics who are not known for their humility, um, generally speaking. So we do have Christian college presidents who listen to this. What did you look for when you were looking for, if you had to replace faculty or so forth, what were you looking for? Well, I, I think uh, picking up where and transitioning from, from what you're saying about humility and a servant spirit, uh, Assessing that is is very very important, and the uh, the the servant spirit we look for, and uh, in the process of the interview, but also in the process of rec recommendations from others who've worked with them in the past, and uh, the people who who uh, work hard at ministry uh, are the kind of people that you want on your team, and. If a faculty member is entitled, or if he feels like uh, you know it's not his job to help set up chairs for an alumni banquet, or uh, uh, I, I was teased because I'd walk across the campus and I would police the campus as I would go from place to place. I'd pick up paper, trash, and and, uh, yeah. and it and people had fun with that. But that was uh, that was one way I could model. Uh, servanthood and a sense of ownership of the mission and a, and uh, a commitment to the to the quality that we wanted to uh, demonstrate in our in our program so yeah I I, uh, I think that servant spirit and uh, the humility are are 
vitally important for longevity. I worked with one of the the most genuinely humble men in the world in Dr. Lynn Gardner. He was academic dean for 17 years while I was president. And I'm telling you, he was a master teacher. He was a great writer who's left a great legacy in the books that he's written. He was not a great self-promoter, but, but he, he had that trait. And uh, although we were very different personalities, we really worked in tandem well together. And the same with Mark Scott, my closest coworker at the college were the academic deans. And, uh, and I was blessed to have men who were servant spirited, genuinely humble and uh, spiritually influential. Don't you think, Ken, uh, what you mentioned there about they were different personalities than you. When we hire, it doesn't mean we're trying to duplicate ourselves. That we need to hire people who are strong in areas where we are weak. And maybe they aren't an outgoing personality, but if you're looking for somebody to do administrative work, you need to find somebody who has a, a passion for details and be willing to hire somebody who's strong in the area where you're not strong and then delegate and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always I, conceive I of myself as a, uh, the, the captain of the team. Uh, not necessarily the star player that always had to have the ball and take the, all the shots, you know. And uh, so I, I think that that is uh, so true. And Don, I didn't mean to step on you. Oh, Go you're ahead. fine. You're fine. No, I, I think uh, p- part of our personality depends on who we're going to attract as well. And so for me, uh, I, I want somebody who's a self-starter. Uh, because if they're not a self-starter, then I feel like I've always got to wind them up and I want them to, uh, to go for it. The problem that I think in hiring sometimes, we're not clear in the role that we want. And so if we don't give clear direction to, a, to an employee when we hire, uh, then we come back and evaluate them and say, well, you didn't do what I told you to do. And they said, well, you weren't clear in what you asked me to do. So I think it kind of goes both both ways. Uh, one of the mistakes that I made was confusing accomplishment with activity. I, I value accomplishment results, but a lot of people I hired, they as long as they were busy, they thought they were productive. And the reason why is my goals weren't specific enough that uh, it, that there was a difference from just being busy and being productive. And so part of that was my my problem as the leader. And when I hired them, I did not give them clear direction. Mm-hmm. And let me we're going to take a break here in just a minute, guys, before we kick off the uh, second half of this. But but going back to your point, Dad, what I'm hearing on on a positive, you know, for the process is. What I'm taking away from this is one, uh, Don's suggestion that you interview, especially if they're married, the couple, that you get to know them as a couple. I think that's important. Who you sleep with has a lot of influence. Yeah, yeah, always has, doesn't it? Just preached on Samson a little while ago, um, and and so what? What you know? What what everyone else is saying about humility and also bob your recommendation that you don't just look to the references you look beyond that you 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 know and looking for those red flags you know looking for you know all those things i think those are all actually a positive in the sense that those are things that a senior pastor or board of elders needs to look at when they're considering 
a new hire. One of the things that I wondered if these fellows did is there was did somebody on your staff that you trust do an annual review? Because um, I think those things really can be helpful, and they couldn't be because people do change. And I wondered if that's done, and if you if you provide a a, a written job description for each one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what you know, Don. I don't want to speak for you, but you're saying you within the job description, are you saying you need to give them concrete goals? Oh, ab- absolutely. But but I think what's changed from the people I'm talking to now, working with millennials and Gen Z, you can't wait for a yearly evaluation. They want to know immediately once they do something, how did they do? So my advice to the younger generation we're working with today is you can't wait a year. You've got to give them immediate feedback after they do something, or at least have uh, every three months a uh, uh, a review because they they need that affirmation more than waiting waiting for a whole year. Uh, one other thing I want to say because the reason why I think it's so important to hire the couple is because my wife was never I never paid her. She was a full time a full time volunteer for my ministry for fifty years, but she felt like we were partners in ministry together. And the reason why you have to interview the couple is because many of the pastors' wives today they want their own career, and so they're going to make it very clear: you're hiring my husband, but I'm going to be doing my career. So don't expect me to be involved in in, in ministry responsibilities, which is okay. But you need to know that up front, so that you don't have expectations for a pastor's wife that she doesn't have for herself. Uh, that, I believe, has changed over, over the years as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, folks, we're going to take a break here, but we will come back with another episode and continue this discussion on hiring and firing, building a solid church team. This has been the Senior Pastor Podcast, a production of 1801 Media Incorporated. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.